what a simple thing we could do and a major problem, a major cause of those things. And some of you may have heard this, some of you may have read about it, but I am on a mission to get all horse people, all, all cattle people, anyone with any large animal that has a gut off of any salt block or salt rock. You're looking at me like I'm crazy, some of you. And I understand that because we've all been ingrained into thinking they need salt. And, and the only form pretty much that most people use or use on a regular basis, more commonly used, I should say, is some sort of block of rock. And now they even have these Himalayan rocks. And for goodness sakes, uh, I'm just, I just want to tell you right now, so I don't forget it, throw those as far as you can throw them. They are so hard, a horse cannot get what he needs from, need, needs from them. He cannot lick them fast enough. He tries to chew them. I see them hanging in barns with strings and they're eating at them, trying to get them. I'm seeing horses' teeth wore off from them. They're so hard. Uh, but they're just absolutely impossible for a horse to get anywhere close to what he needs from that. But also from any particular block of rock. A horse is just not a licker like a cow is. Now, on the flip side of that, they have to have free choice loose salt. They have to have salt and minerals. But they need it in a free choice form. You know, just in a bucket. Just hang a bucket on a fence post, make sure there's a little bit in it. Um, our brand that we have, you, you don't even have to worry about rain or anything. It makes it better even because it sticks at the bottom of the bucket like clay once it's wet. So you just check it. Check it every day. Check it when you, you put maybe in the pastures even, um, put it where you water. And that way you can look at it when you're checking the water, tip the water off the top, throw in a handful of fresh, you never waste a drop of it. Uh, if your horse comes in and out of the stall, um, and in and out, put, put another one in the, in the barn, uh, and in the stall. Get a little bit of feedback here. Um, is that still good? Still okay? Alright. So, now why uh, blocks and rocks? Why, why do you want to get rid of them? Well, uh, they have to be able to instantly neutralize certain things, uh, in particular fertilize. And they cannot lick a block of rock fast enough to do so. Uh, they just, it's impossible. I mean, if they're, and think about now, you, well, how does a horse get fertilized? Well, you might be sitting there thinking, well, we don't fertilize the fields, but I guarantee you, you're buying winter or you're buying hay, right? And if you're buying hay, I assure you it's fertilized in at least 90% of the cases. Maybe your neighbor doesn't, but if you're buying hay or if you're buying pellets um, or um, either Timothy or alfalfa pellets, that's all especially fertilized because that's you know expensive stuff and they want it to grow big and they're going to want it to grow fast, but you know, a, lot of it's a, lot of, a lot of fertilize in there. Uh, and the problem with fertilize, if they get too much in a short period of time, it changes the city in the gut just like that, turns it acid. And that is the biggest cause, in my opinion, of colic, laminitis, abortion, you name it. Whatever the weak link is for that horse, that is where you're going to have the issue from that fertilized excess. So they, they have, I mean, it's a simple concept, but they have to be able to get a big gulp to instantly neutralize it. And that, to me, I have saved more horses with just that one concept. If you don't do anything else, just remember that and go home and do that. Uh, it is incredible what the difference free choice loose salt and minerals can do. Um, ours is um, uh, 
Just come by and we'll tell you all about it. I'm not here to give a commercial, just to get your horses better. So, um, did I see a question already? Yes, I like questions, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Differences? Yes, um, there is. Did anyone, did everyone hear the question? Did y'all hear it back there? She was questioning if you go to um, like Tractor Supply or some of these other um, feed stores, uh, is there differences in salt basically? You know, what, what should you buy? Um, well, there's a big difference. In fact, if you, if you look at even your table salt, you're going to think, well, they're going to come after me one of these days for saying this, but if you look at your table salt right now, I mean, the the regular one that most people buys. If you look at the very last ingredient, it is prussic acid. Anyone know what prussic acid is? It's cyanide. I'm talking about the salt in the store now. It's cyanide and they use it as an anti-caking agent. Of course it's like point zero 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 ten you know, eight percent or something. But you know, I don't want it. Uh, there is a salt for you that's called real salt that I really love. Um, you can buy that in pretty much any grocery store. And quite honestly, that's essentially what we use in, in our product. Um, and and so the beauty of that is it's not even a pure white. It's got little specks of stuff in it that, uh, that are tremendous because those are organic. That's, that's organic material, possibly other minerals. I mean, every mineral known to man is in there. You know, 70, 80, 90 plus minerals are in that salt too. And it actually makes the food taste better. But what, I, what excites me about all that is all the dead fish and the dead plants from those ancient seabeds where it came from. All that organic material is still in there. And man tries to attach organic material to minerals to make them more available. God did that you know, zillions of years ago for us in these ancient seabeds. So uh, the, everything's more bioavailable from that. Uh, and I, if you've heard me preach on this before, I'm sorry, but it's just a major, major factor in our horses, um, that a way for you to prevent a lot of issues. Uh, now our, ours does have some other unique properties besides just that salt. It also has Montmorillonite clay. Uh, it has uh, grapeseed, which is one of my... If I were stranded on a desert island and I only had two substances, it would be grapeseed and, and real salt. I <laughs> mean, that's what I'd want. Um, but uh, grapeseed is phenomenal. It also has diamond V yeast. It has um, Altex probiotics. And, and it's free choice. Uh, it's, it turns to clay, like you say, when it's, when it's wet. And it's, it's just absolutely a phenomenal product. I have another question. Yeah. All right, good. Who is that? I want to pat him on the back. Um, Ian Heights. Who? Ian Heights. Ian, okay. Yeah. Very good. Let them have all they want all the time. Never go. Let them go. She's asking if is it okay if they're there all the time, and you know if they eat eat the salt right after they drink and all all the time. Never let them go without it one moment of the day. 
Uh, because, I mean, a storm front, when do horses have problems? When there's a storm front moving in, right? And then, and if they can get that big gulp of free choice, loose salt, why is the storm front a problem? Well, if the grass is threatened, for one, maybe the season change, that's another time. The grass feels threatened, or I hate to put it that way, but I mean, it's a living organism too, or substance. If the grass is in a growth, a sudden spurt of growth, like a change in season, or you know maybe a big uh, change in weather, a storm front moving in, change in season, uh, it's sucking up stuff from the ground to, for its survival. And what it's using to do it with is fertilizer. So all the more reason to, um, the only time I've ever fired anyone on my farm is when they let those buckets go empty. And I'd warned him three times, and I had a horse colic, and I said, goodbye. I'm sorry. I've warned you. I've warned you. I've warned you. And uh, that was a catastrophic situation for me. But um, so, I mean, it's that, that critical. And, and you, I'm sure if you understand horses have problems, usually when there's a season change or a weather change. And, and I'm firmly convinced that is the reason we are so ingrained in, the, in just using blocks and rocks. Now, cattle people are a little smarter because they don't use blocks and rocks as much. They're more into the free choice because they know the advantage or the disadvantage of not getting enough magnesium. If their cattle are magnesium deficient, I've seen whole herds dead three times in my life, a whole herd of cattle dead. And in those cases, all they had was blocks of rocks. And it took a while for that to get in the, the brains of cattle guys, but most of them are using mineral feeders, loose minerals of all kinds. Very seldom do they use blocks um, because they, the way they neutralize, fertilize, is first with sodium, second with calcium. In other words, if there's no sodium, the body's going to turn to bringing calcium out of the body to neutralize it. And then if they can't do it with that, then it's, the chemistry is magnesium is next. Well, it's the magnet. By the time a cow gets to a magnesium deficiency, they're paralyzed and they bloat and they die, and just like that. Uh, and you can, by the way, you can go to why. I'm going to give you the name of the product now. Whyredcowworks.com, and all the chemistry's on there. That's how that how that works. Um, so that is that is definitely something you want to do. In fact, I, I was thinking of, of trying to remember three specific things this morning that you definitely needed to do and I finally came up in my head because I don't know when I did this presentation years ago and they're never the same anyway but so rocks, blocks and Himalayan rocks that's how it's at for the three things that it talks about uh, that I'm going to recommend but there's a lot more that we can talk about this morning too but before I go to another topic is there another question? Uh, Yes ma'am Mm-hmm. Like for the yeah. She loves it. Sure, absolutely. They cannot eat too much salt of any kind, but throw that away. Never ever use any block or rock. Free choice, loose salt and mineral. Absolutely get rid of it. Don't even give it to the deer. And just get They cannot lick it fast enough to get what they need. Your your animals are trying you no, you're, no, no, your animals are trying to get what they need. So they're licking, 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 licking. And so they're, I mean, that's the perfect situation there. Um, forget where I was going with that. Anyway, okay, uh, anything, any other questions?
Yeah. Oh boy, we're getting them now. Let me get her in the back, and so I won't forget you up front. Okay, way back. Yeah. Oh, excellent question. Just a regular feed bucket. I usually put about that much, uh, and and that way, once it's rained in, wet, slobbered in, or whatever, just throw in a handful of fresh. But if it, if, if it filled up with water, rainwater, just tip the bucket. With a, you know, if it's tied with a hay string, you can do that. Tip the water off, throw in a handful of fresh. Yep, it's easy. And this to you, yep. We have one horse, we use blocks, which, you know, now we know that's bad. Right. But we have one horse who, he's, he's just, he eats, he goes, licks his block, and he has his water. The other horse has never touched a block. Well, the only, the only reason they wouldn't eat salt or minerals like that of any kind, well, not the only reason, it could be a bad tasting block for that matter, but, or some substance in there they just don't like. But um, if, um, if they already have too much salt from the feed, you know, some feed companies put a lot of salt in it, just, you know, plain old white salt like we talked about in the first stage there. They put a lot of salt in it so they eat more. So have you seen where a horse wouldn't touch a block but would yeah. eat the blue salad? Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Right. Oh. The question was, have you seen where they wouldn't touch a block, but you put the free choice out and, and, and they consume it like crazy. But I would also be looking at the, at the feed, to check the salt level in the feed, which you know, normally is no, no problem, but um, you want to still, regardless, it's so inexpensive to have free choice loose salt and minerals in a bucket. Just don't ever take a chance otherwise. Um, and there was another thought I was going to have on that. I can't remember it. Well, I'm getting old. I've been doing this 30 years. Good gracious. Holy mackerel. I need some more salt maybe this morning. <laughs> All right. Let's see. I saw another question here. If so, I have minis. Okay. Um, minis. Okay. Oh, just so she doesn't get her, get her foot in it. Yeah. That's all you're concerned about there. It's just get, yeah, plain old feed bucket. You, many of you use your little buckets if you want to. <laughs> exactly. Yes, ma'am. Can they eat too much? They cannot eat too much. That was what I was trying. Thank you for reminding me that they can never eat too much salt. Uh, they and the reason is there's a center in the brain called the satiety center or satisfaction center is another way to put it. And once they get too much, once they get the sodium that they need, the body shuts down the consumption. They won't, so they can't. And when you first put it out, if they've been used to blocks, they may go like crazy on the minerals. And you think they'll overconsume, but um, they can't hurt themselves with overconsumption. It, it would be one in a million chances, put it that way. And I've never seen it, so, and I've seen a whole lot of horses. All right. Boy, this is fun. I'm loving answering questions this morning. Good gracious, yes. Uh, there's no problem with it except my horses always kick it over. Or poop in it. There you go. That's right. Especially, yeah, they sometimes still do that in a stall occasionally if they're mad at me, you know. <laughs> For sure. Yes, ma'am. RedCowWorks.com. That's a well. But actually, that's our, it's ancient seabed salt is what we talked about earlier. It's just so much better than your plain old white salt. Uh, white salt is uh, chemical. It's etc. Uh, etc. Et uh, yep. Yes, ma'am. One more. Is that have, our horse is inside half time, outside half time. Yep. Is it better to have the salt inside or outside? If he's inside and outside, one inside and one outside. 
block in the stall and another one outside. Yep. Okay, now what about um, just feeding in general? Is that a good topic for us to talk about here? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've never had that said before. I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go talk to my wife about that. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, okay, thank you very much. <laughs> now my head's swelling. No, <laughs> um, you know, feed, feed in general, there are all kinds of feed, obviously. Um, and we spoke about this yesterday, and since none of you were here yesterday, I'm going to bring it up and, and discuss it, because it is pretty critical. And you were here, sorry. <laughs> you were here, yeah, you were, that's right. But um, if you look at your bag of feed that you're giving, it will say so many pounds per thousand pounds, right? Five pounds of feed per thousand pounds. You agree? Every bag has directions on it. If you're giving that, then your horse is getting the vitamins, minerals, enzymes, probiotics, and other things that he needs, okay, as far as feed goes. Not the free choice like we talked about. That's always separate. But, but let's say your horse doesn't get 5 pounds a day. You've got easy keepers like we do with Rocky Mountain horses that eat 1 pound a day or a handful. You know, at a pound, they're getting one-fifth of the vitamins, minerals that are in that feed. You got a hard keeper getting 10 pounds, thoroughbred or something, getting or getting 10 pounds, he's getting twice as much of the vitamins, minerals, and enzymes. Does that make sense? Okay, so almost every horse I see is out of balance as far as vitamins and minerals okay, that they're getting in their feed. Very few horses get what they need in their feed vitamin mineral-wise. Uh, I think that's another reason we see so many problems. So it's it's... To me, without a doubt, I believe the best feed for your horse, and some of y'all are going to look at me like deer staring at headlights, but oats. Oats are phenomenal. They are incredible for horses. And I, I specifically like to say I believe we are the only country in the world that's been duped into feeding commercial feed. You know, in Europe they feed oats. They, everywhere else they feed oats. Oats are oats. I mean, there's some that are better than others, but oats pretty much are consistent across the board. And I don't even want you to take my word for it. If you'll go to whattofeedyourhorse.com, I actually have a study that the University of Kentucky did specifically on oats. It's a 42-page write-up of the study. And they specifically say that oats are the superior diet for a horse. Now, you're not going to hear that from anybody else. I mean, from a feed company, for sure. But oats, you can buy them anywhere. They're readily available. For the most part, you know, there might be a little difference in the protein and so on. But oats are wonderful. Now, are they complete in the vitamins, minerals? No. Nothing grown in the ground is complete anymore with it because we've just depleted our soil so much. I mean, there's U.S. studies done back, I think, in 1913 or 33-1 where it was just determined then that our soils are deficient of minerals. So, unfortunately, farmers today, instead of putting uh, some source of natural fertilizer back on the field, they're putting nitrogen, potassium, and phosphorus. 
And that's, as we talked about, can be critical if they can't balance that fertilizer instantly. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that particularly. But um, as far as the feed goes, I love oats. But my point there is they still need the free choice loose salted minerals. But there is a combination of ingredients mineral-wise that we know horses need on a daily basis too. So oats do need to be supplemented with a vitamin mineral supplement, okay? And that's real easy uh, to do. It doesn't take much. We do have a version, um, it's called Just Add Oats, by the way. <laughs> but we're pretty simple-minded up here. <laughs> um, but just it's just a little tiny scoop of the Just Add Oats supplement on whatever amount of oats your horse needs right for for their metabolism easy keeper a little hard keeper a lot uh, is what makes those oats complete but you still need that free choice salt and trace minerals and to neutralize fertilize now where do they get the fertilize through the hay through the grass especially if you're using like i said um, um, your pellets your cubes Alfalfa. I mean, if you're buying, if you're buying hay, it's fertilized. Period. And that's what the free choice does: neutralize those. Does that make sense on the feed, though? I mean, uh, commercial feeds. We all thought it was wonderful years ago, and that's all I used to feed years and years ago. Till I realized there was something a whole lot better, and the horses were out of balance, and, and my Rocky Mountain horses were blowing up like balloons from eating too much and everything else. You know, so oats. Oats are, in, in my in my experience of many years, uh, absolutely the perfect the perfect food for a horse, um, and I love it for cattle too. And the, another one is chickens. There are studies back in the in the 30s and 40s where oats are the superior diet for chickens. Now who'd have thunk it? You know, <laughs> but it is, they and they love them. They do love them. So think about that instead of the commercial feeds. And the commercial feeds, if, I mean, my gosh, just just the, look at the bag and all the byproducts that's in there. Look at all the sugar sources. Look at all the junk sources. That's another topic we can talk about is sugars. But um, it's incredible what is put in to commercial feeds so that it's affordable enough for you to buy. But oats are superior and they're the same price. So, in, in my opinion, yes, ma'am. Um, so this is just completing her on my part. If you buy a bag of oats, is it like buying a bag of grain and it says if you have this size of feed this much? It, I guess it would depend on the. She asked if you buy a bag of oats, does it have the directions for feeding on the bag and how much to give? You know, that's a horseman's choice for the most part. You know, they know what their horse needs more than others. Uh, and there may be directions on the bag, but chances are there aren't on oats. Um, but my suggestion is whatever amount of grain you're giving right now, okay, just gradually convert to that same amount. You know, a little bit less grain, a little bit of oats, a little bit less and on and on until you get to that same amount. And then after that, for about three or four weeks, you can kind of see how they're doing, see how they look see their, how they're satisfied and so on and so forth and then you can decrease or increase as needed um, but the, there's, you're probably not going to find directions on the bag of oats but yeah you buy them at the store just like any other yep. yes ma'am so transitioning 
Uh, I usually just go by volume. Yeah, I mean, you know, we use coffee cans. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's my volume. You know, actually our stallions, just to give you an idea, I have nine, I'll be right with you back there, we have nine stallions in the barn, and we have, I don't know what they came from originally, but a little plastic cup about that big around, about that tall, that's all they get twice a day, of oats. Yeah, I mean, but they're pretty easy keeper stallions, that's for sure. Uh, and, and we have mares that they might only get that much. And they doesn't, they're pretty... Pretty good stuff. I mean, you, we've never had any issues whatsoever. I don't know of anyone that's had any issues with just oats. But, you know, a scoop of the Just That Oats, a little tiny scoop on top. Uh, the only other thing that we add to the feed is, is a good source of fat. And y'all remind me to talk about fat in just a minute, but I want to answer this lady's question way back here. Yeah, we're very rural. We have an old mill. Okay. Wonderful question. She has an old mill near her farm that, that has all kinds of oats. They have, she said they have crimped oats, rolled oats, polished oats. And I guess just plain old oats. I don't know. But just plain old oats. And it, in fact, uh, um, I, the best way to put it is whole oats. Now, I don't even have a problem with dusty oats if they're right out of the field. In fact, we actually grow an oat that uh, has a pretty good bit of dust in it when it's bagged. Uh, we don't do anything to it, we don't clean them, we don't do anything, but it's the original oat stock from Europe, the original oat seed from Europe. It uh, has a high, little higher protein, a softer shell, and um, it's, it's uh, pretty awesome. You can buy it on Chewy.com, by the way, but they are expensive. They're, they're expensive. But um, they're, we have a lot of people that like them. I, I mean, I feed them because we can grow them. Um, I don't personally grow them. I can't grow anything. <laughs> if, it, if it bites or kicks, I can fix it. Otherwise, forget it. You know, that's pretty, that's pretty much it. But um, as far as the uh, growing, I do have someone that grows them for us. But we lost. We couldn't. We didn't get a crop this year, so I'm a little disappointed on that. But um, let's see. Where were we going? Good deal. Thank you. So, um, fats, that, that is the other thing that you need to put in feed, a good source of fat. Now, let's talk about why they need a good source of fat and the differences, the good fats, bad fats. Um, I promise you, if you are buying feed in a, in a bag, uh, and by the way, whole oats, just whole oats, not crimped, not rolled. I love whole oats because they... Um, they don't go rancid. They can sit in a feed room or a truck across the country forever. Once you crack the hole, you, know, you don't know how long they've been sitting there. So just whole oats. Um, but I guarantee you, if, if you look at um, a bag of feed, there is, there is some source of oil or fat in that feed. Okay? I mean, it could be something as cheap as tallow, um, animal fat or tallow, or it could be um, uh, soybean oil, which uh, if, it's in the f if it's in the feed, the bad thing is any source of fat is somehow hydrogenated or processed. It has to be. It has to be hydrogenated or processed, if, unless it's, even if it's, even if you're having it mixed at a bought at a mill or something, because they, um, 
well, maybe not there, but a bag and a feed that's going to be shipped anywhere or stored anywhere at any period of time, it has to have some sort of preservation for it or it's going to go rancid. Now, if it goes rancid, it, it's terrible. Okay, It's worse than ever for anything. Um, so, and you'll see on it, on the tag, hydrogenated fat. Okay, that's, that's basically made to where it doesn't go rancid. But it's also, in my opinion, plasticized the fat. You know, it made it less absorbable by the body, more damaging to the cells in the body, and every cell, every cell in the body is surrounded by fat. The cellular membrane is fat. That's what lets the nutrients get in and the junk get out, okay? The brain is fat. The spinal cord's fat. A child can't even walk until the, the spinal cord is uh, myelinated, basically. But, you know, basically, it, it, the spinal cord's fat. The liver's fat. I mean, the body's mostly fat. That's all I can say. <laughs> there you go, mostly fat. I didn't, I didn't point to him on purpose. He pointed to me. <laughs> but it's mostly fat. So we want good fat. You know, we don't want this junk fat. Uh, and that's another reason to use oats. You can choose your source of fat to put on them. Now, of course, we have one of those too. I have a grower in Maine who grows us a soybean oil, which 99.9% .9 of the soybean oil is probably genetically modified, right, which is terrible. This is not, believe it or not. It's also... Um, organic and it's uh, tremendous I mean it, it's just a good source of really good good fat and a little tiny two ounce and here's an interesting thing about fat about this source uh, and by the way that is soybean oil that, that he grows he, he even cold presses it for us it took me years to find the source and he actually with a big you know, machine actually just squeezes the oil out of it, doesn't add chemicals to it to extract the oil and so on. But, um, and you just, with two ounces a day, you can maintain their weight or they can, it'll help them lose. Because it takes good fat to burn fat. So if you have that chunky horse, um, that um, overweight Rocky Mountain horse, <laughs> or real cold-blooded horse that has a tendency to be fat anyway, uh, it's a good thing that uh, they can um, lose weight. Two ounces a day will help them maintain or lose. You can increase it to three, four, five, six ounces a day and put weight on. That's the a very good way to put weight on is good fat. Not your hydrogenated junk, not just more feed, just a good source of fat. And uh, that product is called Weight Check. <laughs> Weight check oil. Again, pretty simple minded up here. <laughs> but, yes, ma'am? Does that depend on the size of the horse? I mean, I've got like 300 pounds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. That's an average size horse. Yeah, two ounces a day for an average size. So if you have a 500, you know, one ounce, one ounce a day, yeah. Yeah. But pretty much everything is based on the normal size horse out there. Yes, ma'am? Yeah, I can assure you, your vets aren't going to be talking about what I'm talking about. That's why I sold my hospitals years ago. I couldn't use the drugs and chemicals anymore. I had two hospitals, 
uh, four four vets at one. Um, then I lost faith in drugs and medicine with an experience with my dad and uh, came home from a three-year death process essentially at Duke, Emory, and Vanderbilt and walked into one hospital and said, Beth, she was the lead vet, I said, Beth, you want to buy this hospital? And she said, she said yeah. I said, sold. Well, drove 10 miles down the road to the other hospital and said, Karen, you want to buy this hospital? She said, absolutely. And I said, sold. I haven't been back in through the doors of either one of them since, and I built them both from the ground up. Um, but all this information now is because of my own horses. I knew something was wrong, and I really just wanted a more natural approach to healthcare in general, so I started with a more natural approach for my own horses, and I had a lot of them. Every time my daughter would look at that boy, I'd just buy her that horse, so we had <laughs> She turned out good. She's a veterinarian too, so uh, my wife's a veterinary microbiologist. My son's the money guy. He tries to keep us straight, but he can't. <laughs> That's the whole true story. But anyway, um, so we had about 40 horses at the time, and um, a lot of a lot of boys, a lot of boys. Lot of <laughs> so she hates me to tell that story, by the way. Um, but anyway, that's, that's exactly what happened. And next thing I knew, um, I was solving, solving my own problems with my horses. And um, neighbors were hearing about it. Uh, and and long story there, and this is over several years, of course. And then this organization, Equine Affair, called, wanted me to speak. This was a gazillion years ago. Uh, and... Uh, Next thing I knew, I'd come to these things and I'd ask questions like this and hear other people's problems and I'd go back and you know, put products together for, for them. And uh, then about three years into it, one of the first products was called Bug Check. You put in the food, keeps the flies, mosquitoes, and ticks off. Um, I see some heads shaking if they know it, but that was one of our first products. And um, uh, about three years into Bug Check, I had a... Uh, a, a lady called, had several calls, but I had one lady in particular, she called and said, I've been giving this horse bug check to my dogs for three years now, and I hadn't seen any ticks in years, but can't you make something that they like, because they don't like the taste of this horse stuff. <laughs> so that led to the pet products, you know, and then, and then a little bit later, you know, you got my horses and my pets better, How, what about me? So we had a line of human products. You don't have all the human products now, because all the, you wouldn't, Long story there, regulatory-wise, is just unbelievable. But believe it or not, animal products are more difficult regulatory-wise than, than human products. About a hundred times harder, because there's 50 different states that, that um, regulate animal products, and they all have 50 different opinions. It is a nightmare, believe me. Human products, you got the feds, and that's it. Um, and you got FDA and all that, but the only reason I... We do have some human products, but I, I lost my, my supplier. And here's an, here's an example of just rules in general. He'd been making supplements for um, one of these big drug stores, um, Green some what's it called? Green something? Um, Walgreens, yeah, thank you. See, I don't even know the name of drug stores anymore. But he'd been making products for Walgreens since he was 16. And he was 80, I think he was 85 years old. And he had had multiple facilities all along, just keeping up with the regs and all that stuff. But he just built a new 36,000 square foot facility. Everything was spotless, unbelievable, all of everything. 
and they changed the rules. You got they came in, you gotta do this, that, and the other, and he said, I ain't doing shit. And he walked out the door, didn't even turn his answer machine on. So bottom line, I've had to start over again on the human products just trying to find a supplier. Because I used to could have a thousand bottles made now. I mean, yeah, a thousand bottles at a time. Now I can't even get a quote for less than ten thousand bottles. Not to mention the price way up here. But um it's just crazy. Regulatory is an issue, but we we do good. We we actually uh, at one point couldn't even market glucosamine. I mean, seriously, I remember going to when glucosamine was first coming out, uh, and people were you know our clients were wanting it because they'd seen results in them, and we were starting to use it in horses. Did a show in Indiana, and the state guy comes by. If you've got glucosamine, you got to get out of here. Pick up, get your take your boot down, and leave. And if, and if you've sold any in the state, stop sale order. You had to pick it all up. We had a guy not maybe 15 years ago in Ohio, a regulator, who still didn't want glucosamine in any animal product whatsoever. But in the meantime, we'd gotten smart. We would got together and we formed an organization where we, we put together, it's called National Animal Supplement Council. We put together a formulary of, of all the different um, herbs and other ingredients that we might use in the food. And a, an animal food. Uh, we put together an adverse event reporting system. So if somebody calls and they have an issue whatsoever, we darn well better record it because somebody's going to be making a fake call to report one, and you're going to get kicked out and fined by our group. And you know, we pay dues every month so we can fight the big guys if we need to. Um, and we have a pretty good war chest now. But we also have been able to establish some pretty good relations with these states. Uh, and the government as far as regulatory goes. Uh, but that's what we've had to do to stay in business on the animal side. But even started to mention in, in, in Ohio, not too many years ago, uh, we had one of the regulators that didn't want any, any glucosamine in any food whatsoever. And we'd had it on the market for years and years and years. And, you know, we'd sold 100, 100 million doses because we record every month how many doses we sell of everything. So we build this database of safety, right? And we sold 100 million doses as an example of glucosamine. We'd had two adverse events, none of which were significant. Here they are, Mr. Regulator. He said, I don't care. I don't want it in my state. So what we did was we went to the governor. And we said, Mr. Governor, this guy out here, you need to call him off. Because if you don't, we're going to make you look like an idiot. we got the media right outside. Glucosamine is a safe product. We've proven it's safe. If we've ever had, we've never had any issues, or the ones we did, we here were, and we gave them to them. And that's how we have to do business sometimes. I mean, regula regulatory is a nightmare. Uh, and I know, see some of y'all shaking your head on maybe some other industries, but um, anyway, bottom line is we we have some super products in there. The, don't ever think the industry is not regulated because the animal industry is regulated more than human. It really is, it's phenomenal. Which is good, because we all love our animals, right? More than some people? <laughs> Wouldn't take a million bucks for my chihuahua. <laughs> Never dreamed I'd want a chihuahua. <laughs> but that's how it goes. All right, um, has this been helpful? Yes. All right, cool. Well, no, I'm not finished, we'll go on with this. We'll... I'll answer more questions. I just want to make sure I was going down the right road. You know? Yes, ma'am. Where do you buy these products? Okay. Um, please stop by the booth, uh, 4, 424, something like that, in the Bricker building. 
Um, we've reached a point where we actually have everything on Chewy now, too, Chewy.com. Uh, there are some advantages from us because we do, um, I mean, Chewy's great, don't get me wrong, it's very convenient and we do a lot of business there. But we do have a loyalty rewards program where we bank 5% towards the next purchase and you can use it in increments of $5 or save up and get free product. Um, we have an affiliate program as well, plus we got a really good staff. <laughs> we got great people. So, yes ma'am. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I can comment on that. Yeah, she had a question yesterday about flax, and flax is one of my least 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 favorite sources of fat. Okay, um, it's a very fragile substance. Um, that's why you grind it for us so we can get the benefits from it. Um, I'm not sure if animals, if horses, have to grind it before you feed it. It's recommended, but um, she said the brand that she uses is stabilized. And I understand that, but what they use to stabilize it actually pulls the calcium out of the bones. So I'm just not a fan. There's other better sources of fat, and the best one I've found is what we talked about earlier. Uh, yes? So uh, it says three things we should throw out. So we're throwing out our top blocks. Yep. Okay, they're playing Yep. We're throwing out our feed. No, okay. throwing out our rocks. Blocks, rocks, and Himalayan salt. <laughs> Let's come up with three more, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I sent that to him years ago, and I was trying to think this morning, what are the three things? And that's all I could come up with. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So, again, back to my minis. I eat the crash and then a certain amount of hay. Uh -huh. They eat their hay before the field time is over. Okay. They're on a drive-on. Okay. It's not good for them. What can I do to make their guts better? Everything we spoke about so far, uh, and the, the ration, the just add oats is basically a ration balancer. That's essentially what it is, but it's you know more specific for oats. Yeah, but you could use that, of course. What about the hay? The hay is an issue. Yeah, they do. Well, remember, it takes good fat to burn fat, so I'd add the oil. Uh, of course, a very small amount for them. Um, the weight check oil, and then um, less is better on the on the I mean on the grain of course any kind of grain less is better for them. Um, the cheapest hay that you can get by with, and I don't mean price wise, but um, yeah, grass hay is way. I mean when you start if you have these horses that are uh, metabolic prone, Cushing's prone like we asked back there, um, you know when you start getting into your alfalfa that's that's a tough tough situation. But then again, if you have that Cushing's horse that's already in a weight loss situation, you know, where they're, they're, they've already got the long hair, they've got the, their skin and bones, and, and I've seen quite a few of those over the years, you have to go to some of these hays. Um, and, and I will use alfalfa pellets or alfalfa cubes, and I do soak them a little bit, not to get the nutrients out of them, but just so they can eat them. Because by that time, they usually don't even have any teeth. And then we'll double up on the oil um, so that they can, you know, do every, you do everything you can to get the weight on them. Whatever you, when you get to that point, you do whatever you do. It's just that simple. Yeah, but those are some things. Uh, you want to soften that 
those cubes or those pellets um, and go from there. Yes, ma'am. Now, my horse was just diagnosed with Cushing's. Yep. You can't really tell she has it. They, they gave her a, a test. Mm -hmm. but she's always been... Cush Cushing's, yeah. yeah. She's always right. been an easy keeper. Right. So you can't really even... Everything we talked about is perfect for that horse. Okay. Everything, I don't care if they have metabolic, metabolic cushings, absolutely. Good fat to burn fat, oats. Now here's the thing, you know, you tell your vet oats, and he's been so brainwashed by these feed companies, he's going to think you're crazy. Because I was there once myself. I mean, I know what they're going through um, and what they're exposed to. But there's so much out there as far as... Um, negative propaganda on oats you don't don't trust me if you don't want to but i've sure been doing it a long time and i love them but you can trust university of kentucky and i think that's incredible that that study came out i think about 10 10 years ago now but you didn't see it in the news did you the superior diet for a horse oats you think that would have made the horse news but it didn't so um there you go not me um, yes, ma'am. Uh, sunflower seeds. Sunflower seeds. You know, I've never used sunflower seeds. I really don't have an opinion on those at this point. I would, I would think you've got more, certainly more hull than you do seed. But at the same time, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to comment. I know they're. Um, yeah, I'm not. I don't know. No experience. Yep. So I'm feeling a lot better about where my horse is now. We were in a, a vending barn, low pressure of pastures where no fertilizers. The only thing that's ever been done is uh, pesticides and knock down buttercups, and that's mm -hmm. rare. Right. So my horse is 24-7 in the field, grazes, eats good. There is a block. Now I'm worried it's not getting enough salt. There are other horses from other owners who board with other owners, and I don't know about how to add free salt unless they're on board with it. So how can you add it to his feed? You can add it to his feed, but it's still, if you could get an alliance with the others, that's ideal. That is that is the toughest situation I see. Though, sorry, the question was he boards with others and sources. They don't, they're outside with other horses, and how do you feed free choice? That's a tough one. I mean, it really is. It, it, well, we can send them to our websites. Maybe they'll get... You're right, though. My horse doesn't <laughs> touch the block. He yeah. doesn't like it. Yeah, doesn't bother with it. It's, yeah. it's by the water trough. Well, see... It doesn't, doesn't even mess with it. Well, what happens, though? Like in a situation like that, you say, well, maybe he just doesn't need it. But what happens is the fertilize, and there's some chemists in here, and I could be wrong on this, but my gut feeling is the fertilize kind of um, satisfies the need for the for what they think they would be getting from the block. And unfortunately, the fertilizer, too much excess, is deadly, right? I mean, that's why we're trying to neutralize it with the other. But it, I think there's enough salt in that fertilized mix or something else. I don't know if it's a nitrogen, potassium, or what, but there's something that that uh, it kind of satisfies their needs so they don't even eat that other stuff. But unfortunately, they get too much fertilized and you get all the changes in the gut, acid-wise, and so on. I don't have a good answer. I don't know. 
Well, maybe uh, maybe I'll come up with a tag where they they have to have a tag. I like to do with cattle to eat out of a bucket. Hey, there you go. Yeah, that might work. Red cow tag. Yeah. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Question about suggestions for navicular. I've got a thirty-year-old navicular horse. I'm boarding. Navicular. Well, it's it's the same. Uh, it's the progression of what we've talked about to where the navicular bone is not in good shape okay, and the pain and everything else to go with it. Navicular, the problem is there's physical damage so um, you pretty much you're treating a situation where you're going to use anti-inflammatories and so on and so forth but there are other anti-inflammatories. I mean, there's, there's some with more natural approach I mean, we use a lot of frankincense, for one. Um, you can come by the booth and we can talk all about that. Uh, there are uh, homeopathic remedies that you can use for some of these situations. Um, if you want to discuss homeopathy, um, I brought a little kid along. I don't have time to get into that, I don't think now, but uh, home homeopathy is an incredible science. It is unbelievable. It's, it was originally the medicine before uh, Rockefeller <laughs> and Carnegie yeah. and uh, that changed the world of medicine to petroleum drugs. Uh, there are 1400 hospitals in this country one time that practice homeopathy okay. I mean, where they had thousands of physicians, homeopath physicians and I'll sum it up this way with the um, swine flu uh, back in 1913-1916 whenever it was, I can't even remember uh, there were enough homeopaths that they were, they were treating it, the swine flu um, with allopaths, the kind of doctors that we have today using the drugs and chemicals like we have today, less than 1% survived. 34% survived if you were under homeopathic care. It is that successful. I mean, it is an absolute miracle, miracle uh, form of medicine. So. Uh, not just herbs, not just, it's a true science of medicine. More recently, the only science of medicine that has truly been tested in, in humans, not animals first. Every time you take a drug, think of how many animals died testing that drug. Yes, ma'am. And then I got to go. Sorry. It's all right. No, she just gave me a warning. What is it? Rescue remedy, that is a uh, kind of a mix, uh, mixed homeopathic remedy. I don't use it because um, I'm trained to use the others and I don't mix them at all. But um, yeah, it's a great product to have in your pocket. Um, I have four homeopathic remedies in my pocket right now. One of them just in case I ever have a heart attack, you know, if I feel like something coming on. That little tube right there, that would, that you could see, it's also good for other things, but that's about a million doses right there. <laughs> I mean, not a million, a thousand, anyway. However many little pellets there are, but you put them right there in your mouth and they dissolve and blah, blah, blah. And now y'all do think I'm quacks, don't you? No, 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 no. <laughs> but I don't care. We wish, I'm sorry. We, we wish you were closer to our home. <laughs> I'm sorry. We wish you were closer to our home. Oh, well, you know what? I'm only an email away. Seriously, you can go to AskDrDan.com and you can submit, a, you can search for whatever your question is. And if I haven't already answered it, you can submit a question. But you can spend days on there with the audios and presentations like this that we've done. Um, and again, we're just a phone call away. So whatever we can do to help you, please let us know. And thank you so much for having me.